Well, g'day, you old bastard, and welcome to the fortress. And yep, I mean that with equal amounts of affection and menace. Because you are an old bastard. That's what the stats tell me. The people that listen to this podcast are old bastards. The stats are amazing these days. They can not only tell you where people are when they're listening and their age bracket, they can also define if you're an old bastard. And that's what you are. You're an old bastard. And you know why? (laughs) You know why? Because you're not listening to Troy Savan. I've asked three or four old bastards just like you this week, what do you know about Troy Savan? And in all instances, who? Yep, that was the response. Who? Well, you should know who Troy Savan is. And not only because he's Australian, but because you are missing out on possibly the album of the year. It's up there with tension. It is amazing. Troy Savan's new album is unbelievable. There has already been three singles from the album. Rush, Got Me Started, and One of Your Girls. Now, it's possible that you've heard one of these tracks. Maybe I'm first in place. Face card, no cash, no credit. Yes, God, don't speak, you said it. Look at you, skip the application interview. just don't know that it's Troy Savan who's singing them. If you agree to come into the podcast today, you're making a contract with me. You're going to listen to that part of the podcast where we tell you why Troy Savan is your new second favorite artist. Kylie first, Troy Savan, possibly Madonna, and Betty Boo at number four. The album is called Something to Give Each Other, and our friend Chad is going to be with us very shortly to tell us everything about the album and everything about Troy as well. Look, I'm an old bastard too, okay? All right, there's nothing wrong with it. I didn't know. Actually, the weird thing is I did know who Troy Savan was. I just hadn't sort of connected all these different dots. Hey, remember the song Kylie did, Cool? It was Troy Savan's first. The latest single, One of Your Girls... Go and watch the video. You can even stop this and go and watch the video and then come back and get the shock of your life like I did when we talked to Chad. Okay, but before we climb that mountain up to that, do you see up there? It's got a flag on top of it, that building up there. That's where we're heading to the fortress in a moment. But can I just get a couple of things off my chest? Toblerones. Now, look, I've been to Switzerland and it was bloody cold and you couldn't talk too loudly after 10 p.m. and all this crap. Thanks, Switzerland. And I'm pretty sure that their currency was annoying as well. The only reason I was excited by the time I got to Switzerland was because they told me that the Lint store with the highest altitude in the world was located a train ride from where I was, a short train ride. Now, this train ride was terrifying. It was practically completely vertical. And when I got up there, it was nothing different from any other bloody Lint store in the world. Yeah, all right, it was okay. But they didn't even sell hot chocolate up there. The whole train ride, I was thinking, I just want a hot chocolate. Now, look, Toblerone, where am I going? Toblerone is nothing to do with lint, so I don't know why I told you about that. But in Australia, and by the way, is it called Toblerone or Toblerone? 
and ever since I've been alive on this planet, you could get a Toblerone in a certain size. Now, I don't know how to describe this size to you. It's just the size of a normal Toblerone is the only way I know how to say it. And it's been there all of my life. What happened to it? Last three months, I can't find it. You can either find these little tiny things, two for $1.50, and they're too small, like, because that's not the point. The point of Toblerone is it's the perfect size. It, it fills your mouth like a party, doesn't it? Perfectly. The size has to be right. So these little things, no, not interested. Or alternatively, you can get those ones that you could use to pole vault at the Olympics. You know the ones I'm talking about. 4,000 flavors of them. It's like, no, just give me the normal size Toblerone. Now, can I find it anywhere in Australia? Online? In any supermarket? I've been interstate, I've been to multiple cities, and I ask the people, they look it up on their computers, no, they don't sell this normal-sized Toblerone anymore. What the hell's going on? What is wrong with our planet? Why does the universe seem intent on taking everything that's good and decent away and not replacing it with anything else good or decent? And on a completely separate note, have you heard this song before? Of course you know this song, because you're an old bastard, right? Let It Whip. It's a 1982 single by the Daz Band, and it's their biggest number one, and you do know it, okay? You know it. But thanks to TikTok, of course, every chunky mother in Western culture who wears active wear and happens to have a gay son is now doing this song on TikTok. They're there in front of the phone camera, swiveling and gyrating and laughing and flipping their shoulders and whipping their hair with a big stupid smile on their face. Go away! Why has the TikTok algorithm decided that that's what I want to see? But look, the world hasn't gone completely mad because we have got some amazing people coming on the podcast this week. We talked to our Tory, who's going to tell us about the new world record that Madonna has set. We're going to talk to Paul, who responds to our, is it, was it Deltones from last week? We spoke to our guest, I can never remember if he's Deltones or, let's call him Deltones. It wasn't Deltones, was it? But anyway, last week, Kylie got a bit of a serve from Deltones, let's call him that. And our Paul, our listener Paul, uh, responds to that. We're also speaking to Chad, who we haven't had on the show for a couple of years, actually. He's going to be telling us, as I said, all about Troy Sivan. I'm going to get into so much copyright trouble by playing that. And we're also going to talk to Christian, who is... An amazing Britney fan who has, he read the book in in a matter of hours after it was released, and he tells us what it is like to be a fan and to read such an intimate story. Fantastic conversation coming up. But for now, have you decided yet? Are you an old bastard? Don't, no, no, don't tell me you're not sure. All right, that's it. I'm going to look up the dictionary here, looking it up. Old bastard. Yep. See? I'll show it. So you don't think I'm lying. Photo of you. Come on, you old bastard. Let's go up the mountain. Get that oxygen tank out. We're in for a bit of a walk. Yeah, I know. It's a long way. I was thinking of installing... 
you know, an escalator here, but yeah. But the builders told me it wouldn't meet council standards. Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. Padam, padam, I hear it and I know. Padam, padam, I know you want to take me home. Chad, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. It's been a very long time. Can you hear me okay? Yes. How do I sound? You sound like you always have, Chad, like just caramel is dripping from your lips. Oh, thank you. Chad, you're here because I have been on a long quest to work out how to convince the people that listen to this show to click onto Troy Savan. Now, Mm. the first criticism is going to be, well, he's Australian. That's why you're doing it. It's absolutely not. I hand on heart didn't know he was Australian. I just picked this kid out and went, he's got it. You know, the it, whatever that it is, this guy's going to be big. And then, get this, Chad, I made this connection that I couldn't believe. It blew my brain out of its head. Do you want to hear what it was? What's that? When Kylie was in the disco era, she did a bit of a a, a few bonus tracks. One of them was called Cool, and she did it as a ballad. And it was released via Apple iTunes or something like that, a special release. And I loved it. But then I went looking for the original, and I put it in my playlist, and I know the original better than Kylie's. As it turns out... That's Troy Savan. So there's a link and I just, it can't be coincidence. He is a pop, he's just pop perfection. And I reckon he's only just beginning. Oh, definitely. And I think his most impressive stuff is just starting to happen now. What I do know is he's been percolating for a lot of years. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, he's been working in one way or another since he was younger as an actor. And um, has been doing music for quite a while now. But I think this is different because I think that he's now working in more high-level choreography, uh, more high-level fashion. Uh, I think the songwriting is better than ever. And I think he's doing a lot more, you know, popular sound music right now, which is incredible. If this guy isn't you know, the contender to Harry Styles, not in competition, but if you want to think, if people want a bit of a reference point for Troy Sivan, he's reminding me of that. He's gender bending. He is truly himself. He really feels like he's finding his identity. The latest album is called Something to Give Each Other, and I've had it on repeat. It is, uh, it gives me chills. It's really good, people. You have to listen to it. Where did it all start for this guy, though, Chad? Where does he come from? Yeah, so he was born in South Africa. I'm no expert, but what? I can just take you through. I thought through. he was Australian. There you go. A lot of South yeah. Africans made their way over to Western Australia, so maybe that's his story. I don't know. Yeah, he moved to Perth, uh, which, like you said, Western Australia, um, when he was young. And um, wow, he's been doing music since like 2006. So I'm I'm no expert on him, but I'm very passionate 2006? about 2006. Yeah, really? Yeah. How old mm-hmm. is this guy? How old is Troy? I thought he only uh, looked about 20. He's 28. Yeah, he did uh, something funny recently on social media where he sort of joked about starting to age out of the Twink arena. So just, oh. so he's, he's that age where it's like, you know, he's 
definitely still twink and always been considered that, but um, yeah, 28. So he's an elder twink. <laughs> I think he's only just translating into the absolute mega mainstream at the moment. Is that fair? I feel like this music he's making now certainly has that crossover potential more than any of his past stuff, which was more mellow, more low key. This is more pop. These songs are uh, rush is definitely the, the first single from this album is definitely more sort of gay circuit feel. Right. So I don't know if the mainstream is going to hop on board with that, but then you've got the second single get got me started which feels totally mainstream to me. And I think a song like that could definitely be a radio hit mainstream. Got Me Started is amazing. Rush, I didn't know until I just heard it from you then that that was more of a, a in the, the queer community, if you want to call it definitely. that. I don't know if I'm going to get roasted for calling it that, but the, uh, that's what <laughs> I know it is. But I thought, right. have you seen the video clip for Rush? I would have thought it was right up this new generation's alley. Like my daughter's my daughter is 14. She watched it. She found it a little bit <laughs> raunchy. But besides that, it represents every bit of diversity there is in a non-pretentious way, though. I just thought it was such a brilliant video clip. I love it. And I think it's fantastic. And it opens um, quite literally with a cheeky shot of someone's butt getting smacked, which is great. Um, I think it's all about, you know, complete sexual freedom. And I think it's fantastic. You mentioned diversity, but there was a controversy with this video. And that controversy all over social media was about Gen Z complaining that there weren't enough different body types featured in the video. There's something so wrong with this generation. I'd love Mm -hmm. to slap them all across the face. Now that I think about it, okay, there wasn't an overweight person in there. It was a lot of beautiful people around a pool and in a you know a shed or something. But I mean it's a video. I mean that's how it's been now. You know, look at slow with I'll reference Kylie Minogue's slow. I mean there there weren't, you know and that's a much older video, but I'm just saying this is in that lineage, right, of dance music videos. You've got hot young <sighs> dancers. When I looked at that video, I thought, oh, this generation is going to love it because it's so representative. Mm-hmm. But because the Lizzo, enough, f- I guess. <laughs> there's no Lizzo factor. So, my God. No, so, I mean, but if really. you look at Got Me Started, he sort of course corrected. So, Got Me Started really? does have a lot more body types. And um, wow. So, but I think, I mean, there was still diversity in it, and I just think it was they're being too hard on him, I really think. Well, forget all of that, people. Don't worry about the controversy. It's it's amazingly shot. It's got this beautiful, lush magazine-style feel to it. It's got amazing choreography. It feels mm-hmm. so current. It made me feel so young, almost like I shouldn't be watching it. I felt like I was intruding on a young person's party when I was watching it. It's, it's yeah. just so cool. And he... Uh, does he identify as a he? I don't know. Um, he does. He, he does. He From was, what I know, yes. He's just a star. But my, I mean, Got Me Started, I don't know if you have a favorite song on this album, but between the two singles, Rush and uh, Got Me Started, Got Me Started's incredible. I just, I, I, I didn't think I was going to get um, a track that I liked more than Rush. Which, by the way, I've mm-hmm. said it in another podcast, I thought it was I Feel the Rush Addicted to Your Tush because there's so many tushes in the video clip. That's probably mm. where I got it. And it does sound like that. It's actually touch. But then when he released this second single, which is Got Me Started, I 
drop to yeah. the floor. I thought he's topped it. This is it's, single number two is better than single number one. Oh, it is. And um, so there's a meme that's, I don't know if you're aware about the sample that's used in the song. No. But um, oh, so, is that that? Yeah. I knew it came from somewhere. Sorry to, I'm, yes. I'm getting, I'm talking all over you because I'm so excited. But I thought, I know I've yeah. heard that from somewhere. It's famous. Where's yeah, it from? So that's a famous meme, and he's worked it in. And I could, you could probably tell that I couldn't wait to get to this song in this music video either because um, I am a huge fan of this music video. It blew me away. I was watching it on repeat, I was watching reactions to it on YouTube. Um, it's just, it really is the pop star factor. Like he's really up the choreography. The costuming is amazing. The scene where he's running at the end of the video with euphoria and he's in the Gucci mirrored, uh, disco suit. I mean, it's, and then, you know, literally gets yeeted up the side of a building up to the top where there's a circle of dancers. It's like, the ultimate music video orgasm. It's incredible. Yeah, people have to. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the video clip, but it doesn't surprise what? me. And, and and I know, I know, okay, I know. That's you've got. It. That's the first thing you got to do after this is go. I watch promise. It. I promise. I've got a huge TV up there with both. Stu- I'll incredible. be on it. I'll be all over it. Well, I will say that he did two versions of this music video. So there's like an extended one, and then there's a normal length one. He started his career writing the sad song, and now he's writing, you know, he's crossed over into the pop song, which might explain why I'm feeling right. it. And he, Chad, just tell me what you think of this. This is going to might sound extraordinarily stupid, and please tell me if it does. I see parallels between him and Madonna. At the, the very first two albums, she was having fun, but she unlocked something around True Blue and Like a Prayer where it was like then she knew what buttons – it wasn't a mystery to her anymore. She knew how to do it. I feel like he yeah. now knows exactly. He doesn't just put something out and hope it goes well. He's he's absolutely putting a lot of thought and um, he's just shaping everything into little missiles and he knows exactly what he's that. doing. I don't know if it's going to blow up like you're describing because that's quite a phenomenon to get that to happen. But I see a lot of parallels to Michael Jackson. So I can't wait for you to ah. watch the Got Me Started video. And you'll see what I mean. Oh. Um, but definitely exciting to have a gay artist. I don't. I feel like we haven't had a gay artist quite well, he like is this a gay before. Artist, is he? Has, has he? He identifies as gay. Yeah, he came out on his YouTube channel when he was younger and um, was worried about what his record company would think of him. And then they they sent him a letter the next day congratulating him. What his he's with EMI Records. So. Right. Um, this so was how quite did he get a while started, ago. Yeah. Chad, uh, what did, was he like Bieber and had a YouTube? Is that where it all started? Exactly. Like, yeah. But oh. he was also an actor, a child actor too. Um, uh, but he was doing a lot of YouTube uh, sort of music uh, on his channel and stuff. So for you Australian listeners, I'm just I've got I've pulled up Wikipedia here. Okay, so he I can see that he actually went on a Perth telethon. Um, everyone in Australia is laughing right now. Perth telethons are, are notoriously tragic. I mean, they raise great money for things, but they're mm-hmm. awful. But he did a duet. That was his first time on TV with Guy Sebastian, who's a big Australian talent, who also cut through internationally once with um, what was it, Raw 
Fire. That'll come to me in a moment. He had one big song that broke through internationally. Um, but yeah, look, and he and then he was an actor first. It, it portrayed the young Wolverine in X Men, two thousand and nine. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus, this guy's got some pedigree, doesn't he? Yeah, he's kind of been all over the place with different creative projects. And um, I mean, even he did like, I think he did a pop-up store for this album and he was involved in designing some of the stuff for it. And he's got all kinds of like really cool um, additions of vinyl for this new album and stuff. So, and he seems to have had his hands in that more than your average artist too. So when I first saw him, there was something very relatable to me. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I found out some months ago that he had uh, migrated from South Africa to Perth, which a lot of South Africans do. They land in Perth and then they sometimes come across to the East Coast. But there's something about his look that's very much like my kids. South Africans have a look that I can identify and they're half half South African. So, yes, I think if my son just believed... He what gets was compared to Timothy Chalamet a lot too. Oh, uh, right. He's got I don't know curly if you hair. see a parallel there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I reckon if my son bleach blonde his hair, I could have my own Troy Savan in the family. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, so, all right, I'm raving on about him, and I thought that he'd crack through to the mainstream. Listening to you, you're sort of saying he's still maybe on the outskirts a bit. Has he cut yeah. through internationally or is it only in Australia no, that I'm hearing about it? It definitely, definitely feels like he's bubbling under and that he hasn't quite had that full breakthrough yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm picturing him to have potential to be, you know, um, like uh, along the lines of like the weekend's popularity where he's just all over Absolutely. mainstream radio. And um, Absolutely. I can't believe that this new single hasn't, sort of broken even harder than it has but it, it, he's just like honestly uh, do you see the harry styles comparisons or am i making that up yeah no i could see that too um by the way it says that he came out on youtube in 2013 three years after coming out to his family yeah um so he has a little bit of a marfan syndrome mild form what's that so um it's uh let me pulling this up so it's a multi-systemic genetic disorder that affects connective tissue, and those with the condition tend to be tall and thin, with longer arms, legs, fingers, and toes than your average person. Oh. So if you watch his not if you watch the video for "Got Me Started," um, you'll you'll see. I mean, there's a shot of him basically nude in the video. And you can see he's like, obviously he's very skinny, but he's also very sort of his torso is kind of long and he's definitely beautiful. But I think that having that um, sort of syndrome has made him feel like he's got body issues. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a dancer from Juilliard uh, recently, like what were his thoughts on the choreography and stuff. And he, also was very, very skinny, like as a young gay guy and felt kind of insecure about that back then. And he's like, wow, it's great to see, you know, someone that looks like him, like be so, you know, out there and sort of naked and 
Well, I'd like to talk to him, Chad, because my take on this guy is that, okay, sure, um, uh, I can't diminish that he may have had uh, body issues before, but he's really embracing his sexuality now. I've seen some photo shoots that are – and that's that's the Madonna comparison again, by the way. The photo shoots that he's doing at the moment are extraordinarily um, provocative, but – they are art, just like this, the Madonna sex book. At the time, it was just seen as smut, but actually over time, the photography is considered, you know, supreme, and I believe yeah. that's what he's doing now, and nudity is seems to be nothing to him at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the sex book is more celebrated than ever. Um, just recently, there was an exhibit in Miami that I attended um, where they had built this she, you know, teamed up with some people, and they built um, an exhibit on the beach in Miami just to celebrate the anniversary of the sex book. And they had huge blown up, you know, images from it. It's absolutely incredible. Just amazing. Yeah, she was in great artistic hands. Uh, but something to give each other, which is the the current album of Troy Sivan. Please go and look it up. Here's just a couple of reviews. Um, a wave of bubbling emotion and challenging energy is palpable throughout something to give each other. But somehow each transition goes over smoothly and not a single track feels out of place. And another review, every track on this album can evoke a chuckle, a smile, a tear or a gasp. It's so good because it's just not you. you. Like he goes off in a few funny directions too with a, a track called Silly. I think it's literally called Silly. Um, he's It's got a sense of humour, which a lot of Madonna's work does too. I don't know why I keep bringing her up. She must be mm. on my brain, Chad. But I just, I like <laughs> I'm just so excited to find someone who has that. Um, a lot of stars come up and I think, yeah, you're great, you're talented, but you, you don't have that aura of the megastar this guy does well we can't um not mention the third single from this album have you heard one of your girls yes i love it it also has a video have you seen the video Mm, i've seen a picture if it's from the video maybe a black and white like a supermodel in the background it looks like is that the video what yeah he actually dragged for that video i'm not kidding no this yeah. beautiful Cindy Crawford woman. Yes, that's him. So, um, oh, see, starts- this is what I'm saying. The guy here, yeah. he's coming into his own. He's got so shock you, value, you, man. You, oh you my God, watch, is that him? Everyone listening should watch back to back the Rush music video, the Got Me Started music video, and then the One of Your Girls music video. If you're a time to talk listener, and if you're already not convinced by Chad and I, you are missing out on one of the most exciting parts of your pop life if you're not looking this guy up. He is on the cusp of – if that's – I'm shocked. He looks beautiful. Like, I would never yeah, pick that as no, a man. It's he had a whole team, like, make him up, and, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm going to have to watch the video. Maybe I can pick it in the video. That shot, though, I thought it – but it's superimposed with him not in drag then, is it? Yeah, so there's a teaser that he did for social media. He starts off with a wink to the camera, and uh, he's himself. And then the next shot, it's this like beautiful woman, but it's it's him. Is he? Is he? Does he identify as transgender or? No, no, not at all. But um, I think he fun. had fun with drag just for that video. Um, God, I've got so there's... much to learn from this generation. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked because I've seen that picture many times and just assumed that he hired an '80s suit because she black and white, um, and then him yeah. color and yeah, long oh blonde hair. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. Well, there have You'll been revelations. Once you, once you know it's him, you can sort of see him, but uh-huh. they have a lot of like little tricks and tape and. Right. Yes. The bo- <laughs> There'd have to be a lot of tape. I would have thought, wow. Okay. I'm floored. So right now, thank you, Chad, for bringing us up to date. We'll talk more about Troy Sivan in upcoming episodes, definitely. In fact, we might even do a review of this album, Chad, with some other fans. I think that's in order now. Um, You've brought us up to speed, including myself, because I deliberately knew I was... By the way, if you are a Troy Sivan fan, gee, you people are hard to get onto. Like young people, maybe, Chad, they don't like to use the phone. They don't like to use the phone. But I've invited so many of them on the show and they're like want to text me all about him, but they won't want to come and talk about him. So thank you for doing that, by the way. I've been trying to do get this together for about six weeks now. It's been really difficult. And you've just inspired me to run to the TV and, and watch. all. So there's three singles now. Rush, yes. um, Get Me Started, and there's a got new me one. Started. Got Me and Started. And One of Your Girls. One of Your Girls. I've heard the song because I've been listening to the album, but I, I haven't seen You're the You're going to be blown away. There you yeah, go. This has surprised me. Hey, Chad, it, has it been great to be back on the show? I hope it has. It's been great having Absolutely. you back. Absolutely. It's great to talk to you always. Talk to you soon. Bye. Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk. The show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. Hey Tim, this is Jesse Latimer from Ontario, Canada. No real theme to this voice message. I just want to say uh, I love your show. I check for new episodes almost every day. I play your show sometimes when I'm um, around the house cleaning, when I am at the gym. And I love hearing about um, your perspective on pop culture and pop music. Uh, I have listened to your podcast on Britney, um, a few of them. Uh, I personally think In The Zone's her best album. And uh, I will be reading her new book when it comes out. Um, Huge Kylie fan as well. Uh, to anyone who says Kylie is a second-rate Madonna, poor man's Madonna, I'm sorry. They're just totally different artists. And I do agree with what you say about how she has brought um, kindness and joy to the gay community, to the world. Um, and that is really how Madonna and Kylie differ. Um, I think Madonna symbolizes strength, whereas Kylie symbolizes joy. And I also would say... In terms of respectability, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but when the gentleman said um, that Madonna is more revered around the world and you know everyone knows her, yes, Madonna is extremely popular. But um, I would like to say that Kylie is extremely classy. And although Madonna has sold more albums, more records, Kylie really is um, the epitome of class. She is aging gracefully. She accepts her age. And um, I think she's a, a beautiful woman. And I think that's how she's respected. She she um, is still current, but she is not afraid to, to be herself. And um, 
she will always she will always um, have more class than Madonna. As much as I love Madonna, that is how they differ, and I think that's how Kylie has is respected throughout her whole career. She has never lost her class, much like a Marilyn Monroe or a Princess Diana. I would put Kylie in that same uh, realm in terms of women who carry themselves with class. And uh, yeah, that's all I basically wanted to say. Love your show and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's it's really beautiful and, and fascinating, actually, to listen to people send us audio messages and let us know what they're actually thinking as they're listening to the show. It's a beautiful two-way street. I absolutely love it. And I'm thinking of you there in Canada. I mean, you have, from what I know, the same issue that we have here in Australia with bushfires. Are they the new normal? We had huge bushfires here in 2020. And this season, we're at the start of our summer season here in Australia, 2023. And yeah, we're on the cusp. It's looking like this could be a terrible year as well. The question is, is this the new normal? And I know in Canada, Jesse, you're facing exactly the same question. If you'd like to be like Jesse, a bit brave and courageous, and take out that phone and use your voice memo app, we can't play them all, but I promise you, I listen to them all. Sometimes I play them to the kids and go, look, listen to what this person has to say. So if you'd like to do that, uh, take out that phone, audio memo, and then press the share button. Do it via email, time to talk Australia at outlook.com. Whenever I listen to Tim and his panel of guests, my toes begin to curl, and I feel just the right amount of tingling all over my aching body. Now, let's get back to the show. <laughs> Hello, Tori. How are you? I'm good, and you? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, do you know what people keep saying to me when they mm-hmm. hear podcasts that you're featured in? What do they say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's all good. They say, he sounds like a very kind man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. Oh, I was hoping you'd dispel the myth. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy, okay? You, I think you are genuinely a good guy, Tori, and it is genuinely lovely to have you on the show. Albeit briefly, because you're here to tell us some exciting news about Madonna that was announced this week. Oh, yeah. So Madonna, it was announced by the Guinness World Records uh, that Madonna, 65, is the biggest selling female artist of all time. She sold more than 400 million albums, singles and digital during her career, her 40 year career. That's amazing. And I know that she was already in the Guinness Book of Records as the highest selling female artist. But Mm -hmm. the news this week is that they updated the figure, I think. And it seems to have gone up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was like around 300 million (laughs) before. (laughs) But yeah, definitely. She uh, she she actually, um, you know, made it known when she appeared on the uh, Jimmy Fallon show. Um, I believe it was last year. You know, she uh, made an appearance there and she talked about it. I don't want to take anything away from the woman, okay? But mm-hmm. how do they calculate this stuff? Do you ever get sus? It's all very... I know all art... I mean, she's on a level playing field. The mm-hmm. same calculation must be used for everyone. But I don't know. Do you ever get a little bit sus about these figures? You know what? I, I don't necessarily... You know, like when it comes to like an artist like Madonna, she, obviously majority of her career 
has been, you know, when, when we had albums and we had cassettes and CDs. So I think that I wouldn't doubt, you know, the calculation for that because, you know, like I said, majority of her albums were, you know, like her fans definitely, you know, we all bought like all the albums and cassettes and, you know, all the singles and everything. So, uh, so she's been around for a long time. So I do believe it, you know, um, but I, yeah, but like you said, it's it is kind of hard, I think, for them to keep track of things like that. I think it was it was even noted on the Guinness Book um, website that you know it's difficult at times to kind of keep track of those things too. So I'm not sure, but you know they're saying it is. You know, so. now your second favorite female artist in the world is Nana Muscuri. At least that's what I read on some blog that had your name attached to it. You know who Nana Muscuri is, don't you, Tori? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I had a bad feeling you wouldn't. Now, listen, she literally is um, the – she's the rival to this record that you're talking about. Nana Muscuri is a Greek singer. She is mm. huge. She It is claimed that she's sold up to 500 million albums. Now, listen to, listen to the reason. It makes sense when you listen to this. Okay. Um, I remember when I was growing up, bloody Nana Muscuri, she never, ever stopped release. She always had a new album out and you just wanted to throttle the woman. You want to throttle the glasses off her face because, like, just stop. Like, that's too much. So she's released over 200 albums in, get this story, 12 different languages. Talk about, you know, an unfair Very advantage. Serious. 12 different languages, including, I'll name some of them, Greek, French, English, German, Dutch, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, Hebrew, Welsh, Mandarin, <laughs> Chinese, what? and Corsican, which I haven't, I don't know what that is. So, and, and oh, it's alleged man. she's sold more than Madonna and her That's fans. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy, right? I've never mean, heard of her. She's so prolific and she's got such a great look. I actually really do admire her, but yeah, I think Madonna fans, you, you better... You're you're famous for going after our, the fan base of other groups. Start attacking the the Nana Muscuri folk. I'm gonna have to Google her. I'll, I'll check her out on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no clue. I don't, I want you to go a step no further, actually, Tori. Or I want you I want you to listen to one of her albums. Okay, okay, I'll do that. Don't be scared. Can you just send me the correct spelling of her name, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's funny because yeah. I was talking to a Nana Muscuri fan the other day, and they were asking me how to spell Madonna. Uh, Nana Muscuri, so it's literally Nana, N-A-N-A, and, okay. and Muscuri is M-O-U-S. M-O-U-S. I can tell he's writing okay. this down. Okay. K-O-U-R-I. Mm-hmm. Nana Muscuri. Okay. The highest selling female artist worldwide, not only according to her fans, but according to lots of sources, obviously not Guinness. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure why Guinness doesn't have, have her listed. Yeah. I mean, cause they're, they're, I mean, they're talking about the Beatles being like the highest, you know, selling group and Michael Jackson and Elvis, you know, are in that, in that same, you know, lineup and Madonna, I believe her and Barbara Streisand are kind of like, you know, Neck to neck. And can we just tell the lambs, Mariah Carey's fan base, to please knock it off because Mariah Carey, although she is great in her own right, Madonna still sold more records. Okay. So what they're saying that this is a false record of it. They're saying Mariah's up there. Yeah. Yeah. They've been saying that for years. And I'm like, that's not the truth. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) man. That can't be true. Like if you lived it, then it can't be true. Mariah was huge. No doubt. But she at at the peak, she still wasn't rivaling Madonna, 
Yeah. I can already feel the comments coming yeah. in, Tori. I can feel the comments coming okay. in. Oh, I wish. Can yeah. I put that back in my mouth? But I just. <laughs> no, you can't. Leave it. <laughs> what about Celine Dion? You know, wasn't she oh, outsold Celine Mariah? Too, yeah. yeah. Surely. Which is, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, we're going to have to, you know, we, we should actually do a show where we go through a list of like, you know, the people that are listed in the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, and we've got to, I, you we've know, got to trust yeah. Guinness, don't we? We've got to trust Guinness. Well, we got to trust them. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. But they, I mean, look, I mean, hater or lover, you know, Madonna, of course, for since 2008, 2009, she was the highest grossing music tour by a female artist until recently. So she had a good reign with that. Oh, who took it her over? Beyonce Tyler. And then, yeah, now it's Taylor. Oh, yeah, first it was Beyonce, then Taylor. Dear. Taylor yanked it from Beyonce within a few I weeks. I wonder if the celebration tour would tip her back over. Yeah, but if you think about it, it's yeah, probably not going to Beyonce's tickets, Taylor tickets are extremely expensive. Madonna's tickets are expensive, but I think, you know, like you still can get like maybe a couple, like tickets for like a couple hundred dollars or something like that. So I'm not sure exactly what the, you know, the the going price was for the Beyonce and Taylor shows because I didn't, I didn't check them out. Yeah. Tori, I want to ask you one more thing before you go, but quickly, where can people sure. find you if they want to find you on socials? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, you can find me on Twitch, um, Twitch TV, well, twitch.tv forward slash we live to get funky. We live the number two, get funky. And also you can find me on Facebook at uh, Tori Sands. It, it's spelled T-O-R-R-E-S-A-N-Z. And you can also follow me on Instagram too. The original, no, it's the official. <laughs> no, let me just say it again. Official Sands Graham. See, I can't even remember my own stuff. Official Sands Graham on Instagram also. I love it. I love how you're all over the place. I just got onto X for the first time <laughs> the other day. Oh my God. And I don't understand it. I'm trying to send messages to people. I don't know. How, and they're replying to me, but I don't know how to reply back. It's so weird. Um, yeah, Tori, are you reading Brittany's book? You know what? I am going to read. I, I haven't bought it yet. But I will be. Lit. I will definitely. I, I need to get the um the audible. Is that available yet? Because I need to get. It that. is, but get this: it's not read by Brittany. It's read by some other weird oh, woman. Geez. I listened to a snippet of it because I'm going to do the same as you. I would love mm -hmm. to read it, but because I travel so much, I, I'm going to get the audio book as well. But I was really disturbed by listening to somebody using Brittany's words, but it's not Brittany's voice. Exactly. At least she could have put a pig imagine. on her nose to make her sound a little bit more realistic, but she doesn't. It's quite a deep, husky female voice, almost like Nigella Lawson's reading it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of bombshells in this book. and I, I, But are you concerned about her? I am. I am. I, I wish – I don't know who her team is, but I just wish that they would just kind of like, you know, just reel her in because, like, you know, even like on Instagram, she's just like just all over the place and – She's posting like nude pics and the dancing with knives and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's disturbing. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <clears throat> well, I feel sorry for her. And and talking about figures, this is a perfect way to, to round out the conversation. She's went on there and I'm not, I'm not doubting it, but she said, this is the highest selling celebrity autobiography in history. And it's only day one. She has tweeted that or whatever you say these days herself. Yeah. And I looked at that and thought, Hmm. Well, what does it that the devil's in the details? Celebrity autobiography. I mean, what about Harry? Um, is he counted <laughs> as a celebrity because he's a royal? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just. I'm know. not surprised it's huge, he, but yeah. it's. A, it's a, I would say that he's a celebrity. Yeah. Pretty big claim after one day of release to say this is the biggest in history. I mean, what about Diana? I mean, she she had 
That's well, true. that wasn't an autobiography, though, was it, I suppose? So, yeah, interesting. Uh, if people have got thoughts about that. I mean, maybe Nana Muscuri's released an autobiography previously. She probably is the biggest selling book in all time as well. Who knows, Tori? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I'll definitely be listening. Thanks for your time, Tori. Well, our next guest is a listener of the show who has put forward a very interesting theory explaining why Madonna fans are savaging Kylie so viciously this time around. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's fantastic. Now, you think, and I hadn't thought of this, that this is all happening because our Kylie has actually specifically targeted the US market with an unrelenting gusto that she's never actually put in before. Is that explaining all this Madonna jealousy, is it? I believe so. I think it's more that Kylie's gone to America and, uh, you know, doing the morning shows and all the breakfast shows and stuff like that, and then on YouTube, lots of 30-second or three-minute videos of her interviews has just proliferated all of the YouTube. And so there's a lot of visibility. And obviously, it's not local just in America, but worldwide, everyone can see these videos and you can see all the comments from all around the world saying how great she is. Absolutely. There's just universal praise for Kylie and even the US when she goes on their shows over there. There's this warmth from the hosts, isn't there? It's like, oh, you, we remember you. We love you. you. Yeah. Where have you been? What have you been doing? Yeah, all of that kind of stuff, right? But for Madonna fans, might be a little bit too close to home. Well, it's a little bit of radio silence, isn't it, at the moment, especially with the the recent health problems and her team not saying give any updates, and then all of a sudden the celebration tours like sort of just happened. But Kylie sort of filled the, filled the airwaves with all this noise of the of the tension, and it's become a bit of a a tribal situation where you know my queen's better than your queen, and obviously Kylie's been on. American Idol and all those breakfast shows, as I said before. And uh, with the recent healthcare with Madonna, it's been radio silence. So it's been like, well, where's our news? Yeah, where's our TikTok moment, right? Correct. Mm. But there, there is a core of Madonna fans who are upset about tension. Would you agree? On Twitter, there is. Yes, definitely. Tell us about this Twitter thing. I keep hearing about the Twitter sphere. By the way, for all the people listening, I've just joined Twitter or X, thanks X. to Elon, my hero. So I'm, I'm on there. Uh, I don't know how to tell you how to find me yet. I'll work that out and put it in the next incarnation of the show. But <laughs> what is going on in the Twitter sphere? What do we call it now, by the way? If it's not the Twitter sphere anymore, it must be the X I still call it Twitter X sphere, whatever the case is. I think it is more to do that uh, Madonna crowd are very vocal and, and rightfully so. I mean, she's a, she is a legend. 
but it has come to a point where it's a you know the the tribal versus tribal situation of the Kylie fans and the tribal Madonna fans saying, well, my queen is better than yours, or you're copying mine, or whatever the case is. And I think last week you had a, a person about who said that uh, she's done the the Vasek tour. That's like well, it's a basement, uh, which I chuckled a bit. But if you knew, if you're a Kylie fan, you'd know that Kylie loves the intimate environment and uh, her anti-tour was the proliferation of that because she wants to be as close to them as possible. I mean, you can't imagine Madonna doing a, uh, the Metro down in Melbourne and doing just B-side singles, you know, B-side singles. That would be impossible. It's not her. But it's definitely up there with Kylie. Now, you just mentioned Deltones, who was the, the guest oh, last week that, yes. you were list- that you were just referring to. Let's take a listen. You tried it with Sunny with the whole, how does it feel when, uh, you, to know that Madonna hasn't sold out her shows? Well, honey, Madonna's performing in 20,000 uh, 20, capacity arenas when your girl's performing in a local, somebody's local basement where you would see, honey, I, yeah. I know local, I know local bands from my high school that perform in, <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> capacities that are well above a thousand. It's- this is a cho- a choice. It's not that she can't sell out mm-hmm. more than a thousand. This is a choice. Madam mm-hmm. X was in small venues too. I know right, she can't. So I know she can't really do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know she can't do. Uh, she won't sell out arenas in the U.S., honey, because no, barely anybody knows her here. Uh, and her the tension album reflects that. Your girl's playing in the basement. So, Paul, you listened to the full interview with Deltones. Oh yeah. Yeah. What were, what were you thinking as you listened? What was going through your head? Yeah, and I think that, you know, you have to think to yourself, where was he coming from? And he was there, you know, defending Madonna, which is great, but you got to be informed about who you're talking about and why you think that they're not as good as the Does other person. Does he need to defend Madonna? Is anyone attacking Madonna? I don't like think Kylie fans in I particular? Don't think attacking Madonna. I don't think attacking Madonna. It's, as I said, it comes back to this tribal nuance that my queen is better than yours and i think that you know the the millennials the gen z's they need a virtual tribe to support um and it's with all the groups you know taylor swift or beyonce whatever case is or gaga you've got little monsters uh, you've got these vocal groups that really st- defend their artists and uh, madonna hasn't been out there for quite a number of years i mean her instagrams and tiktoks have been interesting uh, to say the least but <laughs> there's been no creativity from her and I think that's where the the downside has been that the the fans have been saying you know we crave for the next album for Madonna and uh, you know the celebration is is a great uh, tour de force for her but it's nothing new when you think of it the Madonna ha- has had a rough <coughs> patch she had Eurovision which was terrible and so bad that it needed to be overdubbed she went on stage with Maluma um, and she missed her cues. Yeah. It wasn't a great performance. And then, of course, there was Madame X. Now, I wasn't at the show, but two things about it, the the produced version for television, which I did mm-hmm. watch in full quite a few times, uh, it didn't really uh, grab me. And on top of it, the woman got in the editing suite. Have you ever seen Madonna in the editing suite? First of all, she takes three years to finish the project. And then, and honestly, I challenge all all people to go and do this. Watch the Madame X tour on TV. Tell me where you can see a shot that lasts for more than six seconds. I, I've got to say, I loved what you messaged me. You said, neither woman is against each other. It's just the gays fighting over who does the better drag show in the end. Correct. <laughs> I love that. 
I think I think you have to because at the end of the day, they they are artists and they're both unique and they're both going for the same audience but slightly different. Um, and you have to respect that, but also you have to understand that there are fans that do like both and fans who like only one of them. But you have to make sure that you understand who you're talking to and if you're going to bag the other person, uh, be informed of what's going on with them. Paul, I'm really glad that you reached out to us. Thank you so much for doing that. And thanks for stumping up and sharing your views with me. I really appreciate that too. Have you been enjoying the show? I have been, yes. Many voices is what we say on this show. Many voices. I love the fortress. I'm into the fortress. You're in the fortress. Very good. Well, especially for you. Hold on there. Just before you go, where's, there he is. Baby Eagle. Come. Come. On my arm. Wow. Yes. This is Paul. Paul, this is Baby Eagle. Can I pat him? Please. Oh, he's very furry. He doesn't doesn't like that. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, right? No. Like my grandmother's chin. Go on, pass on. He's gone. He's gone back to his perch. Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Baby, I'm first in place. Face card. No cash, no credit. Yes, card. Application interview Sweet like marabou Look, look at you Our next guest in the fortress is Christian Who has made this outstanding remark About Britney's memoir He told me I imbibed this book like oxygen Hey Christian, welcome to the fortress Hey, how you going Tim? Nice to hear your voice, Christian. Now, look, you've read this from cover to cover in what I would describe as record time. Like, <laughs> what made you not want to put this down? Like, and how, how long did it take you to read? It's not a small book. Well, no, I, I, uh, it, I tried to bully the, uh, the ladies at the bookshop uh, the day before it was released because they had it out back to give it to me. And they were terrified of the publisher, so they wouldn't let me have it. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I, I've got to say, mate, that's you're a yoga teacher. That's not a good look for a yoga teacher bullying librarians or whatever they oh, are. You know, Britney fans got to do it. She must. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I went home and I was just like, okay, well then I'll ask the powers that be, and I've got some friends over in LA, uh, in in. Uh, lucky places and I said hey you wouldn't happen to have a copy of the book would you and they did and they, they sent me the ebook. so the night before uh, I knocked over a quarter of it uh, and then I'm like okay I'll put it down I'll put it down and I'll watch some television and, and you know just chill a bit and then when I woke up on uh, its release day I had my coffee and I just picked it up and started reading and it, it became a, a game of just a few more pages <laughs> and just a few more pages and just a few more pages and before i knew it it was 5 p.m and there was no pages left wow like, wow yeah oh yeah. my god sorry you that story started with your morning coffee and then it was 5 p.m <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh christian i'm telling you there's, there's no better advertisement for a book i'm dying for you to tell us all about it but let's start at the beginning do you feel like you know Brittany a lot better now that you finished the book um, it, I, I 
feel what I always thought about her is very much true. Do you know what I mean? She's so sweet and she's so innocent and uh, all the things that happened to her because of that sweetness and innocence, you can see how it would happen. Um, she's, she's very kind. So she's not, she's too good for this world really. And uh, yeah, you, you could see it's very much her. What, what you read, when you read the book, you realise that that sweet girl that you always watched uh, growing up is was genuinely her. Do you know what I mean? She she doesn't have a bad thing to say about anyone. Um, she doesn't wish bad things on people. She's a really kind person. And, and she can tell the book really reiterates that. Wow. So when someone writes a memoir, there is a huge opportunity for them to take swipes all over the place. But I haven't read this book, but it sounds like she hasn't done that. It sounds like she just very matter-of-factly tells the stories. Well, yeah, because so many narratives have been written about her and the world just ran with them. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, she was a pop star and a female. So naturally, especially in the 2000s, uh, everyone wanted her to, to suffer because that's sort of what they how they treat women. Um, so she had her success and now it's time to tear her down. Whereas males don't get that same treatment. So, uh, she pretty much had to wear all the awful things that they wrote about her. And, um, yeah, she literally with this book got to really put the things straight and, uh, clarify a lot, um, where she never had the opportunity in the past to do it. So it was, I can imagine it would have been very good for her mentally to get all that off her chest. And she's not mean to anyone, but she's honest. Um, so it's, it's yeah, poor Justin Timberlake at the moment, I hear he's not doing that well with it all. <laughs> but then he deserves it. I'll put, put that on record. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about what she has to say about Justin, I've got to say. But to go back to your point about she's too innocent or, or beautiful for this world, she has always struck me as that, actually, that when somebody hurts or says something mean, she does have that, that very few people have, but that little, that furrow of the brow, like, why would you behave that way? Why would you yeah. be spiteful? Because it's just not in her at all. Yeah. Do you think that that is the truth now that you've read the book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, she's had so many opportunities where she could have been really awful uh, in the past, but she always took the higher road. And and to be honest, that was probably easy for her because she is kind. Um, if she was Christina or or you know one of the other ones, she they never take the high road. They always uh, take the slaggy road. The slaggy road. The slaggy road. Yeah. <laughs> so so what I take from that though is this is not a mud slinging book. You know, no. if, if you're buying this book to see her talk about, I don't know, Justin. Timberlake having a very small penis or Madonna <laughs> having genitals. You're not going to see that. She doesn't She doesn't sling mud, right? No, no, she doesn't. She's, she's very uh, complimentary, e even with her parents, like she, even when she's dishing on them and, and they treated her the worst, um, she's still understanding. She still comes from a place of understanding where they came from and who they were and how they grew up and then understanding the, the, the awful realisation that she was the uh, cash cow and the breadwinner of the family um, and that she really wasn't allowed to stop working because if she did, everything would turn to shit for everyone. So, yeah, she's a very responsible girl. She had a lot of obligation on yeah. her shoulders at a young age. Does it feel like her voice, when you when you read this, 
does it feel like Brittany's talking to you? Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, just, just you can really uh, hear just this the the way that she talks normally and the sweetness and the things that she notices and the things that she comments on and it's very much uh, her. You know, everyone was like joking, oh, she had someone write the book for her. Um, but it really does read as she would speak. So um, it's, yeah, very relatable if you're a Britney fan. My guess, Christian, is that she probably sat with either a tape recorder or an author, one of the two, and just told her story in words. And then an author has probably melded it into a book as close to her voice as possible. Yeah. Unless you disagree with that. Do you think she literally put pen to paper? I, I uh, think she would have written some things down. Um, she definitely would have had help because uh, writing a book is, is a huge thing. So there definitely probably was someone there with her. Um, also to help her, I mean, definitely in the editing part where they'd need to shape the story to, to mm. flow uh, because it flows in a timeline. It starts back when she was a little baby girl um, and then ends now. So it, it is a linear story. So, Christian, we know that you're a massive Britney fan and it's a bit like if Kylie or, or Madonna wrote a book themselves. I feel like there'd be a lot in there that I had had quite a knowledge of anyway, but it'd be interesting to see that perspective. Was there anything for you as a big Britney fan that surprised you that you just didn't know at all? What shocked you about this book? Uh, just how out there and cool she is. Um she she on, on the, the on page one she's talking about lying on the pebbles and getting touched by God and I was like cool <laughs> by page seventy three after she's broken up with Justin and she's like you know driving down the freeway with some unnamed person there's there's many unnamed persons she's like saved people's privacy a lot uh, she's driving down the mm. freeway with someone that she found uh, was a great support to her when she felt so alone and I'm driving down the freeway and then aliens. She's like, I think aliens came. So she's 73, she's talking about aliens. Um, and, and it's like, okay, that's cool. That's out there. She's very open-minded to everything and to spirituality and to, uh, it's almost like she's a deity in a way, but the most unexpected kind because she's a pop princess. But she's always been really attuned to energy, right? Including yeah. the, the energy of people, the energy of the universe. I've, I've felt that about her. Let's cut to the chase. Did it read as if it was written by somebody who does struggle with their mental health? Or was it very coherent? Or like, oh, yes. What it can you tell like us about Instagram that part post. Yeah, it wasn't like her Instagram post. I know what you mean. Um, her Instagram yeah, yeah. posts can be like a ramble, um, an explosion yeah. of, of a rant of some kind. No, this was a very Yeah, her ramble. Instagram posts can start in one point. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. Her Instagram posts can start at point A and then you can't work out how you got to point J. Like, yeah, yeah so this is very <laughs> yeah, much coherent and flowing, right? Yeah, a lot of emojis in between. Um, yeah, this is <laughs> very, very coherent. And and she talks very candidly about her mental health and, and very honestly too about how she struggled and, and why she struggled. Um, so it's very understandable. And then you sort of begin to feel that, you know, maybe – she didn't really have mental health problems outside of external issues. Do you know what I mean? That, that sort of forced onto her. So her mental health was, was uh, a reaction 
to the world as opposed to just something she was suffering. It's almost like if people were kinder to her, she wouldn't have had any problems. I get it. So by reading this book, the context makes you very unsurprised that she behaves the way she behaves or or thinks the way she thinks because it all makes sense once you see the life story. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And then when she starts explaining, especially in the 2007 era, uh, when things started going bad, she started explaining her behaviour to you. She's like, actually, no, I was just doing this and because of this and this and why aren't I allowed to do this? Like everyone was like, okay, uh, you're a mother now. You have to give up your life and go home and, and uh, be a mother, except everyone was saying she was a bad mother and then they took her babies away from her. And that's the only thing she ever loved was her children. Um, so then she started acting out and going out, which anyone would do, especially at when she was 25. A 25-year-old millionaire would very much act out in that situation and uh, she didn't even do anything bad. That's the thing. It was just the narrative that well, they kept writing. Christian, I've, that's the part I'm really interested in. Okay. Uh, I'll just, I won't go on one of my famous rants. <laughs> people will not give me for that. But when the Free Britney movement was happening, yeah, I really contested the fans that were picketing and marching down the streets because I said, there is stuff in those files you don't know. And you, yeah. you're only in a conservative ship if you're a danger to yourself or you're a danger to others. And really qualified people are looking after that decision-making. And we didn't have the files. You don't just have children taken from your Christian without good cause. So my question to you after reading the book is, does she take any responsibility for her behaviour or does she just say it was the response to her behaviour was unreasonable? Does she take any accountability at all here? Um, not really, not really. Uh, it sort of paints and it sort of writes out that uh, uh, because what's her, the husband, K-Fed, was treating her like shit for like months. I actually, when I read the, the whole era in the book, I was like, how did you put up with that? How did you let him treat you like that? He was ignoring her, uh, just going and hanging out in Vegas and becoming his own pop star and just basically ditched her at home with the children. Um, and then, then she got sick of it and he treated her really, really badly for like, for months and months and months. And then I guess being the pop princess, she sent him an SMS that was pretty much wrong. I'm getting a divorce, piss off. And, uh, he already knew. So he's always been a thug to me. Uh, he planned that they made her look crazy just to steal the babies because he wanted the paycheck. And if she got to keep the babies, he wouldn't get the paycheck. Um, the prenup was pretty tight. So um, he needed those children. He still does. Look what he does to her still with those babies. They're nothing but a cash cow to him. Um, and I believe that completely. I don't believe she was a danger to her children at all. Did she talk about the famous incident where she was barricaded in a house, possibly in the bathroom with her children, yes. who I assume would have been terrified at the prospect of police banging on the door. Did she talk about that incident? And again, did she take any accountability in that? Uh, she did take accountability. She spoke about it. Um, she said that they tricked her. So basically, because they kept uh, saying things at, at that point, I mean, he had custody. So she was only allowed to see them on his uh, approval. Um, and what happened was, uh, she didn't think she was going to see them again. It got that bad that they were, because they kept holding it over her head, 
that they put one of the kids in the car and then she just lost it and locked herself in the bathroom um, because they they tricked her. They said that, you know, well, we'll give you more time and you can spend some more time with them before we take them away, but it was all a trick. And then she said before she knew it, uh, a SWAT team was bursting through the door and then they tied her to a gurney and, and put her on a mental hold. Um, but you can understand why someone would act like oh that. My God. It's the only thing she ever loved. It's tragic, isn't it? Yeah. That's even hearing you recount it, it it's heartbreaking. Because any parent who has been separated from a child knows that feeling or even the the, the possibility of being separated from a child. So uh, it's just it's a tragic, tragic story you're recounting. And I was curious, and I will read the book myself, how much she talked about her children because they're still estranged from her. They still make comments, you know, about Brittany's uh, lack of protection uh, does she talk about the kids much or does she pretty much still uh, clear? She, she talks about them so much and her love for them. Um, she dedicates the book to them. Uh, oh. At the start of the book, it's dedicated oh. to them. Um, yeah, she loves them with all her heart. Um, and I think the sad tragedy is is that now that uh, one of them just turned 18 and then the other one that's going to turn 18 next year, uh, the cash cow ends. So it's going to be very interesting to see the dynamic now that Daddy isn't getting paid forty grand a month, forty grand oh, I US. I can tell a you're month. a Britney fan, Christian. Oh, um, because you know, I don't know, I don't know the full story. It just feels like, come on, he's a dad, and I'm sure that he's deficient in many ways. But golly, oh, yeah. it's a big call to say he doesn't love and care for his boys. Oh no, no, he's. I'm saying that that uh, he's an opportunist, and those children mm-hmm. are a very good investment. A very good investment. I mean, I, the part of the cynical part of me knows maybe that Sam Ascari wanted to knock her up as well. Sorry for being crass. I'll knock her up as well because as soon as you've got a baby with her, uh, you're set for life, really. Let me ask you this, Christian. Are there other celebrities out there, and I'm pretty sure Justin will come up, but are there celebrities <laughs> out there who, who will be running scared from this memoir? Um. No, there's there was uh, a famous woman that cheated on uh, Justin with Britney. Uh, cheated on Britney with Justin. Uh, she she brings her up, but she leaves her name out, and she says uh, because she's married now with children, and I don't want to embarrass her. So uh, wow, who is it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just oh come on, Christian, you'd know. Oh, no, well Take apparently there was a few times. Like one of them was an All Saint, one of the All Saint girls from the All Saints. Remember uh-huh. the All Saints? Um, back in the day, yep, and yep. then this other girl, oh, I don't know who this other girl is. Um, I'll have to delve into the forums and ask the other freaky fans because I never really paid attention to him. Um, yeah, ever since he, he went out and said, you know, that he banged her on the radio, I was like, that's disgusting to do that to your ex-partner, to shame them like that and embarrass them. It's, it's yeah, I, I think it's scum. Excuse my French. <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, I know that Britney fans feel strongly about Justin and certainly it, not just him but society as a whole. It was interesting the way yeah. he has come off unscathed, even with the Janet Jackson incident yeah. um, at the Super Bowl, things like that. It is it's, it is a reflection of why society, society was in the early 2000s. She talks about Colin Farrell in the book, doesn't she, about yeah. sleeping with him? Yeah, yeah. So so the thing is, is um, Justin wasn't a first. She lost her virginity at 14. Uh, to one of her brother's friends. 
Um, right. and, and then it was, and, and I could tell back in the day as well, uh, no little girl goes and talks about her virginity in a press conference. So when she did, I knew, uh, with my, cause I'm a Madonna fan too. So I've got like that <laughs> Madonna business mind. I knew that her, that her agents were like, no, you have to go and pretend to be a virgin because it sells records. Um, so I knew she was lying when she said it and I knew she didn't want to say it. Uh, but she was very much a yes girl, yes sir, yes ma'am. She was a very good girl. Um, and it came back to bite her big time. Yeah, so Colin Farrell, like, she was rebounding basically. And uh, they're both Sagittarians, so I can imagine what that would be like. <laughs> uh, it was apparently animalistic. Um, she said it was more like a brawl, I believe, were her words. Uh, they brawled naked <laughs> for a couple of weeks and then uh, she got yeah, over that's it. quite the image, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, and it, it, when you see them together, he's like sort of got his arm around her neck. It's like in a headlock. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, the, the two peas in a pod, really, that uh, different, different peas. It does sound to me like she doesn't take much accountability. I'll give you some examples that are coming to mind. Um, okay. With the Diane Sawyer interview, uh, I was pressured, I was made, I was forced. With the conservatorship, I shouldn't have, it wasn't fair, it should never have happened. With the children being taken away, I didn't do anything wrong, I don't understand. Uh, with Las Vegas shows, same thing. It's like at what point does Brittany in this book, if ever, say, I should have done that differently. I could have behaved better there. Um, when she does. She does. She acknowledges where she could have done better, um, but not in a... She blames a, a lot of people, though, is my point. Oh, yes, yes. Well, once the conservative started, she had no choice. Like, the, the way it works and the way it runs out is, is uh, you're going to eat this. You're doing this. You're going to breathe this many times. You're completely controlled in every single way and they did because her parents were uh, invested in her continuing working and being a star and bringing in all the millions uh so once her dad took in control of her she had no choice and she she realized it i mean i, I read from there was the guy a uh, photographer that she was dating at the time that the conservatorship started and he always told the story of I was out with Brittany, we were driving around. Uh, I got a phone call from her father because uh, the conservatorship had been kicked into place. And he said, right now you have kidnapped Brittany Spears. She is supposed to be here. The police will come for you if you do not deliver her to me right now. And he literally had to look at Brittany and say, I, I have to take you home. Otherwise I'm going to jail. They're going to arrest me for kidnapping you. Um, and they meant it. And then they kept her under lock and key and they stole all their money. I mean, they are motherfuckers. But leading up to the conservatorship, with the Diane Sawyer thing, what confused me, uh, which I think maybe maybe she's confused about this, uh, her father, she said that her father organised it. Um, he wasn't around at that period as far as I know. So that right. part did confuse me. I was like, okay, well. Uh, and he's even come out and said, too, he's like, I had nothing to do with that. I mean, he was a drunk, so he was probably drunk somewhere at the time. But I, I, I'm confused with that part. I'm like, maybe she's remembering mm -hmm. that wrong because uh, she wasn't under conservatorship with Diane Sawyer. Um, I don't know who 
suggested she do that. It was a bad idea. She describes Diane Sawyer as coming at her with question after question after question, and she felt very uncomfortable. And I'm not, I'm honestly not having a go at her, but if you felt that uncomfortable, where's the moment where you stand up and hold out your hand and say, thank you for your time, this interview's uh, over? Yeah, it's the Britney part, you see, because she's the yes man, mm-hmm. yes sir, um, very agreeable, mm-hmm. very submissive compliant. in a way. Right. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. how she was right. always taught right. to be. Um, Right. And and it would have been made into something even bigger too if Brittany walked out on her and Diane Sawyer would have, yeah, <laughs> taken her to town. She did anyway. Uh, she, it was, she was doomed, you know, doomed as she did, doomed as she didn't. Uh, they made her cry. Christian, it was interesting timing. She was putting the finishing touches on this book when she split from Sam, <laughs> her, her current husband. I think they're still married. I've heard that she still writes very positively about him. Yeah, yeah, and he still writes positive about her as 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 um as well in, in Instagram posts and stuff. Um it's 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 a funny thing. It, it didn't work out. They both haven't taken the low road, which is sort of nice. Um legally he gets nothing. Uh but she's putting him up in a $10,000 a month. Uh, celebrity apartment in West Hollywood, so lucky him. Um, but yeah, she the the it doesn't really go into. I think the last chapter it gets brought up, or maybe in a, a couple of chapters uh, when they met and how she was, you know, totally into him when they met because he's beautiful. Um, and then they don't really talk about him that much until the very end, where now I'm happily married to Hamas and uh, everything is wonderful. Sam and mm. yeah, they they didn't go into it at all, um, and and I don't think she ever will. After reading this book and being a super fan, were there any glaring omissions? Was there anything that wasn't in there that you thought, hey, yes, yes, go on? Uh, so the music videos. So once she went into the conservatorship, those assholes kept fucking with the music videos and um what happened was uh there was the make me it starts with the perfume music video so she wrote that lovely song with sia and uh she made it and she had this whole concept for this video and the director even confirms this we shot this and stills have been leaked from it uh where she played this hit woman uh who had to kill this man in this film clip but she fell in love with him uh and then she couldn't kill him, of course, and uh, he ended up being with someone else. And then the people that hired her to kill him end up tracking her down and killing her. So it was this very dark uh, film clip and she filmed it and she loved it. And um, the conservators were like, nope, 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 nope. So they censored it and they cut it to bits and the film clip doesn't make sense. Um, and she's always complained about that. And we've always longed to see the full version of the things that she wanted to create. And then it happened again with the Glory album, uh, with Make Me. She made this uh, amazing, incredible art video with David LaChapelle, which was quite, it was raunchy. Uh, He said that the only stipulation she had with the making of the film clip was, I want to be filmed locked in a cage. He, he said that. He's like, that's the only thing that she insisted that we do. She wanted to be locked in a cage. Uh, and the rest of it was just all this wonderful made-up uh, sexy stuff. And they teased this film clip. We saw uh, shorts and bits of this film clip, and we were, like, 
thirsting for it. We're like, oh my God, Britney's going to do the most epic film clip. And then when they finally released it, we were like, what the F? Where is, where, where are all those bits? What, 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 what's going on here? What's, what's happening? And it turns out that uh, the conservators again saw the film clip and were like, nope, doesn't make sense. Uh, we hate it. And they scrapped it. And then they got uh, another man. Uh, to redo the photo shoot for the album titles and the pictures and to reshoot the video. And it was so boring. It was, oh, my gosh, it was like Soggy Wheat Bigs, the one that they released. Uh, the, the, since then, the original has leaked and it is a work of art. It is incredible um, that the one that they made was and let go and let out was really, really crap. So that uh, I really would like to heard more about uh what they did to her creatively. I mean, she does speak about how they, they muffled her creatively, but I was very into those bits because I love music videos. Does she confirm that she was trying to talk to her fans? I remember this period of two years or so where uh, the fans were saying there's a clue in that photo, yeah. there's a badge or there's something weaved in her hair. I also remember when she walked down the stairs, maybe it was Vegas and she just looked very pissed off and didn't want to be there and walked straight off the stage. Oh, yes, yes, does she, she talked con- about that. So she, does she confirm that she was trying to communicate with fans in the Free Britney movement? Um, she she talks about uh, the, the yellow top uh, and how it was the only way that she could have any sort of freedom was to sort of trick uh, people. Um, she doesn't go into the rose. Remember how she kept going on about Project Rose, Project Rose? Mm-hmm. Um, that was Rosengart. So that was the lawyer that, that eventually freed her and got her out of it. So she was mocking the conservatorship quietly by posting about Project Rose. Um, and and with that, that <laughs> with the domination tour that they were going to do at the MGM in Vegas where she pops up out of the fire and then just walks off, uh, she did that to piss off the conservatives because she, they basically promised her a holiday because she'd been she did two hundred and forty eight shows and she's like I want a holiday and it really you know Christian I I remember without needing the book I remember knowing exactly what was going on there and it really reminded me of you know a, a caged lion who turns on his keeper that mm. it reminded me of that because you could, I could just tell by every bit of body language that she telegraphed to us. She said, fine, I'll do it. If you're forcing me to do it, I'll do it, but I'm going to do this. And bang, down the stairs, clop, 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 out, stage yep. right. <laughs> into, the, into the car, see you. <laughs> Bye, bitches. She, um, yeah, she, she talks about it. She <laughs> says, basically, she came out and they, they were forcing her to do it. And, um, and this led to the institutionalising her as well. Um, she pops out of the ground. She said she walked down the path. She was supposed to do an announcement and say, yes, I'm doing my new show and blah, 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 which in my opinion was far too early. She literally just finished the other one. It's sort of like, give us all some breathing space. You know, let us all save back up before we spend all our money on her again. And um, she, she said that she couldn't stand it. So the only uh, power that she had was to literally walk out to tell the conservators, you know, F here, uh, no, 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 no. Cause she was pissed off at them because they promised her a holiday and they're like, no, get back to work. And, um, yeah, that would piss you off. Eventually she wanted to hang out with her children. 
Now, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about Justin Timberlake. <laughs> now, you've already mentioned he comes across as a, as a complete dweeb, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> That's very kind description. Of what, what can you tell us? Does she, does she go deep into the Justin years? Um, just to how much she loved him. She just says, I was so stupidly in love with him. She said, I thought I was going to be with him forever. And I just adored him. And then, um, she, uh, speaks about how his family was more stable. He's got a mum called Lynn too. They both have a mum called Lynn, which would have been a head fuck for her because her mum, Lynn was a show mum, a a stage mum. And, um, the other Lynn was quite lovely. But she said she loved his family. She loved him um, like a puppy dog. And uh, she couldn't understand when it all went south. And, and she said Who had that, the affair? Who, who cheated on who? Well, apparently both of them. She said she only cheated on him once with Wade Robson, Michael Jackson's uh, accuser and dancer. Mm. Um, and then he, she said that he had many affairs. Uh, she never said anything about it because she just was a good, quiet girl and just bit her tongue because uh, she couldn't prove it either, she said. Um, but then she heard lots and lots of things. Uh, and then when they broke up, she said that basically as soon as he started making his his uh, first album, he basically cut all ties with her. She said she didn't understand, uh, probably because it'd be really hard to make a breakup hate album about her if she was in there looking at him like a puppy dog all the time so she says that's uh pretty much how it happened and then they broke up uh he sent her a text and oh he's such a wanker he like wrote out this bullshit letter and then he framed it for her to give to her it was like a breakup letter like he framed yeah he framed the breakup letter he framed the breakup letter that he wrote to her and gave it to her like it was a gift. I was like, you fucking toss bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. so she's, she's Is this going to damage his him. career? We well, see, I don't see it. Well, it's, it's, it's his career's uh, in the shitter anyway, really. Um, the, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he might come out with another cheesy, cheesy song. That's uh, all he seems to make. It, it's not to the extent of a Me Too movement type of thing. There's no oh, moment no. in there where you go, no, wow, no. okay, uh, like, got it. Like he, she had an abortion. Like he's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a father. So she had they had an at home abortion, which sounded really awful. Um, where she was in agony on the, the floor, apparently in the bathroom, and he decided it would be nice to play the guitar for her. <laughs> Because that's oh, what every kidding. girl, yeah, that's what every girl going through an abortion wants on the bathroom floor is their oh, boyfriend playing a guitar, stringing it for her, and and she's like, she was in oh, agony. My she's, head is in my hands. Oh my godfather! It, it 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 makes sense when you just think of Justin Timberlake. It's like you toss pot. There's so much more I'd love to ask you, Christian, but people need to read the book themselves, <laughs> like yes. I'm going to do. But but tell me this as a book, how would you rate it? Like as forget it's Britney's story. Is it well written? Is it well crafted? I'm imagining it must be because it's you sort of woke up, had a morning coffee, and didn't put it down till five p.m. Yeah, uh, it it sort of reads because if you followed her, if you followed her career, uh, each section you, you know where she is and what she's talking about and what she was doing, and and uh, she'll bring up moments and events and stuff that she did. And you're like, oh, we're at this part of her career now. And it sort of goes along. So you, you have all these 
visuals of what you were doing when you saw what was happening back then. So it's it does uh, read really well. And she doesn't uh, go on and on and on. Sharon Stone's biography, uh, Sharon liked to, to talk lots and lots and lots, and a chapter would go on for years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would. And, and I was captivated with Sharon's as well. I love her to pieces. Uh, but Brittany's uh, chapters are a lot more quick they're a lot more easier to read um and yeah they're a lot more pop star possibly a hard question for you but do you worry about her <laughs> no uh, I, I i don't i don't uh, well i sort of do actually but but not from self-harm um i, I was watching this really mental documentary on youtube uh the other day and it was about uh pop stars and musicians and why they don't live long and there's a death mm-hmm. clause, apparently. So if you die and you're a, a, a big pop star, uh, your catalogue quadruples in, in value. So what would have been worth $500 million is now worth maybe 5 or $6 billion. So there's a lot of... Uh, there's there's a lot of motivation for you to die from everyone around you because everyone around you except you will get much richer if you die. So when you hear stories about her having knives stashed around the house, considering what she's been through, I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, a terror of trying someone trying to kill her for her money. Um, and all these knife dancers, <laughs> she's trolling. She's trolling everyone because she's not allowed to be around knives. So all of a sudden she starts uh, dancing with knives. She's trolling us. Um, and, and because it's ridiculous. And when they said, you know, or oh, she can't cook, she's a mess. She broke up with her husband. She's a mess. The next thing you know, she's chopping things up. She, she doesn't cook very well. What she cooked, I wasn't impressed with, <laughs> but she did it to say, no, I can use a knife and I'm cooking and eating and you're all fucking idiots. Um, that they keep calling the police on her to check on her because everyone's afraid that she's, she's crazy. I don't think she is. Uh, I think she's over it. I, I don't know if we'll get another album out of her. Uh, and I understand if she doesn't. And that's all cool. I'll, I'll still clap for her. But uh, she's trolling us right now. Well, as someone who made a contract where she secures 25% of the net profits of this book, Holy crap, maybe you're right. Cool. Maybe sh- it's unprecedented. I mean, but it does uh, underpin your point that maybe she is having the last laugh with all of us. Yeah. Uh, But look, Christian, I can't tell you how fascinating it has been to listen to you. Clearly a super fan, clearly a deep knowledge and a deep, deep love of her, which is fantastic. If people want to find you, can they? And feel free to say, no, people can't find me because some (laughs) of our guests do that. Do you want people to find you? Yeah, why not? Um, on, on Instagram or on Facebook, um, on Instagram, my, my, uh, my ad is at Crit Hughes, K-R-I-T-H-U-G-H-E-S. Um, and yeah, it's just Christian Hughes on Facebook. I'm not on TikTok. On I you, hate Chris. TikTok. Is, is Brittany on TikTok? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, her publishers probably are. Her publishers are probably like uh, spitting out that book like you wouldn't believe. Um, but, yeah, I don't think she is. She might be under Knife Juggler 73. <laughs> yeah. 
possibly. <laughs> Who knows, Christian? It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I'm sure you're about to go and read the book for the second time, so enjoy. I'm going to listen to audiobook now with Michelle Williams and her Southern Troll. <laughs> what the devil is that, by the way? Before you go, like, why didn't Brittany read this herself? I, 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 I'm, I was so shocked when I heard this strange voice reading the book. Well, it's it's a really fun because remember that uh, I don't know if you watched it and just like that, the Sex in the City, uh, what is it, follow one awful uh, show. Yeah, the, yeah, it, it was quite cringy. But in one of the episodes, uh, Carrie writes the book about her husband and the uh, how that he died and everything like that. And in in that, she was having a lot of trouble in that episode. Rick, she had to read her book for the audio book, and she was having a lot of trouble doing it because she was getting all messed up having to talk about the sad parts. Uh, and there are a lot of sad parts in this book. So Brittany says she didn't hurt too much, so she didn't. Oh, but she, she does there is a good the, reason. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But she she does the, the uh, introduction. Uh, and it's really, really funny because she sounds like she smoked two packets of uh, Virginia's, uh, like Marlboro Reds. <laughs> she does. <laughs> and then when Michelle Williams kicks in on, in Chapter 1, it's sort of like, uh, they, they sound really similar. They really do. Um Except she, Michelle reads it in a droll, like a southern droll. It's very like this. <laughs> it's a while to get used to it. I never thought I'd hear that Britney Spears' voice was becoming Lucille Ball, but there you go. It's <laughs> happening. It's happening. Christian, you have a great day. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. How lucky have we been, right? We got to talk to Christian about Britney, Chad about Troy. We talked to Paul and Tori, and we've had our listener there jesse sending in an audio memo it's actually been a complete pleasure thank you we've got lots to look forward to of course kylie isn't far away from well a couple of things he's recording uh what is it called an audience with in england very soon at the royal albert hall i believe and she'll be doing the vegas shows God, that girl gets around, doesn't she? It's been a pleasure spending some time with you, as always. It's always fun, isn't it? Send me an audio message, time to talk Australia at Outlook.com. But in the meantime, you take care of yourself. You old bastard. <laughs>